Come on. The strong, the powerful Paul Merriman has returned to Money Savage. Welcome back, Paul. Hey, hey, it's great to be back, George. Did you say strong? And 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 powerful. And powerful. <laughs> I'm gonna get my wife and bring her up here to yeah. talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul is the founder, author, and educator at the Merriman Financial Education Foundation. And Paul, I was looking back, it looks like we had this for our first conversation May twenty eighth of twenty eighteen. So it's been a couple of years. It does not feel like it's been that long. But it's great to be back. Yeah. Thank you. So refresh our memory. A little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Well, personal life, uh most of what I do, again, my wife uh, if if you asked her, I work all the time. But uh and that is a major part of my life. But I have this wonderful life on Bainbridge Island, just outside of Seattle, a community of about 25,000 people, a lot of old people like myself. I've got three dogs and, and uh, lots of trees. It is a, it's a wonderful way to live. And so there's lots of things that the old people here are able <laughs> to do for the young people. And that's cool. I mean, I really have enjoyed that I'm on the the, the Bainbridge uh, Foundation Community Foundation and uh, loving that work, uh, but most of my day is spent and I get up at three and four o'clock in the morning. Most of my day is spent trying to help individuals do better with their investments. I am now 100% full-time teacher. For 30 years, I was part-time teacher and part-time investment advisor. And when I retired in 2012, it just became 100% teaching. And that means people of all ages. I've spent three hours this uh, just yesterday working with teachers at a, at a workshop over Zoom, uh, helping to, to hopefully show them how to teach more effectively when it comes to helping these young people. And then I also help people who are retirees. So I'm trying to help everybody who will take a few minutes and listen and read or watch. Well, amen. I certainly appreciate that. And, and I, I, I very much appreciate your work. Um, and I remember you you had a, a wildly successful, hugely successful career building a financial services firm that was stretched across the entire country and there are thousands of clients. So, um, and now you've been passionately working at your foundation and, and helping people and the community as a whole across the United States. And, and like you mentioned in Bainbridge and, and, and everywhere else. So, so thank you so much for your work. You know, there's a good lesson though, in what you just brought up, George, and that is I started that company at the bottom of a big, long bull market. And, and uh, that was when I met with uh, John Bogle in 2017. We talked about how lucky he was to have started his fund during a period of time that the market just went up and up and up. And so I kind of got that same, that same wave. I don't know that I would have been so successful had I started in 2000. So there's a lot of luck in this business, way more than people understand. Well, I certainly, 
I certainly appreciate that. So, well, I know that uh, I, I, I sent you over some, some different topics in, in advance of our conversation, and you wrote back to me because um, I had I, I, one, one of the questions in, in, in involves community. And you wrote back for me community is the source of almost all the success that I've had in my life. Without it, I, may, I, I, I would have been a failure. So, wanted to dig into that just a little bit deeper about really the role that community has played for you and and how you think the community uh really the role that 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 plays in in people being more successful financially yeah i i I love the question because i actually hadn't stopped and thought about that for a long time but if we follow our life and a lot of it's random but what typically isn't random is the community that we are are nurtured by or that we get to nurture. And uh, it starts, obviously, with learning some good stuff as a, as a child. And the teachers were uh, a community that changed my life and I think the lives of most people. And then in my business career, when I had a business, it was a community. I, I think of the people that I that I worked with, and they were like family. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I'm kind of a back of the envelope type of a person. And you cannot run an investment advisory firm on the back of an envelope. <laughs> and so I think of the people that I worked with and how how they really are the ones who who made our firm successful because, You've got to have the bones there or it just doesn't work. And, and, and I think about the community. We have a second home down in San Miguel de Allende in New Mexico. And where here in the Northwest where we live, we have a lot of family. Down there we have no family. But the community there is strong with expats who are also there without any family. Yeah. And, and you find out how important you are to each other as, as friends. And, and, and when I, I even look now, George, at why has this operation, this foundation I started in 2012, what is it that has helped it grow to what it has become? And, uh, and there was a community there. You know, John Bogle was a part of my community, not because he was a friend, but because he was a mentor. And and there are a, there are a whole bunch of people that I have looked up to, and I uh, kind of like I want to be like Mike, as you may remember in sure. basketball days. Yeah. You know, these were the kinds of people that they were truth tellers. In fact, that, that that's what I call them. They are my truth tellers. And they are a kind of community that I really feel blessed. There's a fellow, his name is Tim Ranzetta. Your listeners, I suspect, won't know Tim Ranzetta, but he has a nonprofit that is spending tons of money out of his own pocket to educate teachers how to educate young people to become financially literate. And he even pays, he even pays school districts to help them make the change to becoming what he considers to be the gold label uh, school, and that is they require one semester, one semester of, of uh, personal finance, 
and he'll write a check to the school district for ten to thirty thousand dollars, depending on how many schools are involved. I mean, boy, is this a guy to be able to follow in the footsteps of? It, there are so many of them out there, and when you ask, it's amazing how many will become uh, a part of the of the community when they know you too are trying to do good. I suspect you have the same experience uh, in the work that you're doing. So now community's everything. Yeah, yeah, I certainly appreciate that. And you you mentioned um, people that 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 you've had the opportunity to meet people that that are these truth tellers that you've that you've looked up to. Um, I I can look at some people um, as that guy or that gal is in a place that I really want to be mm. and having the opportunity to, to get to know them. Did, 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 did that have sort of the impact of making you realize that, wow, I can do this. I, I, me, Paul can grow this huge financial firm and help so many different people. Whereas maybe you, you, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Had you not met those people, had they not come into your life? I suspect that's true. Uh, I had the good fortune of going on Wall Street Week uh, with uh, Rukeyser, and uh, that was followed by being invited uh, to go on to Nightly Business Report about four or five times. Hmm. And, uh, and, and those, those people were extremely important to our success because uh, it isn't that we have a special message. Our, our message is very easy to understand. I want to show you the most effective, most profitable way that I know you should be investing. Now, that, that's saying a lot because I don't know the person I'm talking to, but I'm saying let's talk about low expenses. Let's talk about diversification. Yeah. And, and, and so there's not one thing that I talk about that's complex. It's just getting people to slow down and think about the decisions they're making. But I have to get exposure in order to have a chance to tell my story. Right. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think offering common sense, good fundamental information and wisdom, It's you need to have that. But then, yes, making sure that you have a loud enough bullhorn or, or the right mouthpiece, you're getting the right exposure. Uh, that that's 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 really certainly such a key thing. Um, now, and was 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 that something that you were intentional about it? Was 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 finding those those kinds of truth tellers, or did you just find a? How, how, how did all that come to be? Well, uh, I actually started the investment advisory business as a hobby. Uh, I did not intend to to grow to be big oh. uh, I in fact my originally I was only going to take 200 clients and all you had to have for me to take you on as a client was two thousand dollars to invest oh. and I charged you one percent now that meant that I was willing to work for you for a year for 20 bucks right. <laughs> that was not a great business model <laughs> and uh, and and but I was I was trying not to be a workaholic again uh, that's been my my challenge is that I tend to work harder uh, than than I should, uh, and I, the reason I say that uh, when you when you do that, there's a t speaking of community, 
your family suffers a little bit, I think, sometimes a lot, when you work too much. And, and my nature, unfortunately, has been that of a workaholic, whether I'm doing it for nothing. I haven't been paid a dime since 2012 for what I do, and yet I'm working just as hard now as I was then. So it was, it was never about money, but what happened was young people wanted to join the firm that I was building, and so we had to had to create a, a model that actually would support the services of hiring some quality young people. And I say young people because you can get quality young people people cheaper than you can yeah. quality old people. So, so that's what I did. And uh, and and the whole time I was teaching, I I always taught people how to do it on their own. I really didn't care whether they hired us or not. I wanted, and this is not an ego thing, it's what, it's what I do, I wanna help people make their lives better. But I would show them how to do everything uh, on their own. They didn't, in fact, even told them the names of the funds that we would suggest they buy. Um, but you know, as, as you know, a lot of people are, it's not that they're lazy, it's just this is not something they want to do themselves. It's a little bit too close to, to survival when you're managing money, and some people aren't that good at it. Yeah, no, that's certainly the truth. So nice. <laughs> so, the being the community is such an important part of your life. How how would you or how do you counsel people to to try to foster or get involved in in in, in their local communities? You know something? I'm not sure that I do, George. I, I, particularly now, because when I was an advisor, you are down and dirty with those people. You got to know everything about them. You, you've got to, you've got to dig their secrets out about how they feel about money and <laughs> the mis- and the mistakes they've made in the past, so we can learn who they are. That is much easier to get personal with those people. And, and as, as a matter of fact, I remember speaking of, of communities, a, a couple of teachers who came in, they wanted to retire immediately. And they, I didn't think they had enough money. And uh, I was concerned about that. And it was the latter part of 1999 or the early part of 2000, right before a big bear market happened. And in which case, they definitely would not have had enough enough money. And I said, why are you in such a hurry to retire? Because if you just work a few more years, I think you'll be prepared for a much more secure financial future. And they said, well, and they were ready for the question because they said, well, there are three reasons we want out, want out. I mean, not just retire, out. Run. (laughs) One is we don't like the administration. Mm. Two is we don't like the students. And three is we're not particularly fond of the other teachers. Mm. Those are good reasons. And, and I said, look, I, I've been trained uh, to use affirmations uh, by a fellow out of, uh, out of Seattle, uh, formal, first-person, present-tense kinds of affirmations. And I said, we got to sit here and make some of those affirmations because you need to work for another five years, and, uh, and you better start <laughs> rethinking how you feel about these communities that you're working with. And uh, and now how long they did it, I don't know. But at the end of five years, they sent me the biggest 
bowl of, of nuts and candy and fruit I've ever seen in my life. So, so uh, they appreciated the fact that I kept them going for five more years. Nice. I appreciate that. But you can't do that. You can't do that as a, as a teacher, just kind of doing a video and doing a podcast and writing an article. You really got to, you got to count on the do it yourself or to pull it together because I'm not managing money for people anymore. I'm simply trying to help do it yourselfers do it better. Or if you are using an advisor, make sure that they're doing the right thing because with an education, even if you want an advisor, you can make sure that the employee is doing what's in your best interest. And as you and I know, not everybody is. That's the truth. Well, Paul, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Oh, a difference. Now, look, a tip about investing, okay? Is that what you're looking for, a tip about investing? Can I give two? Can I give two and you can pick one? Okay. (laughs) First, most people won't know this. The more diversification you have, the likelihood is your return is going to be higher. I believed when I came into the industry in the mid-60s, it was about finding those 10 or 20 really good companies and holding on for the long term. It turns out that that really isn't true, that it's, it's about having more companies, not fewer. And the other tip, I want everybody to see if they can figure out a way to make an extra one half of 1%. And I don't care if you're 21 or you're 61. If you can add an extra half a percent to the growth of your money, and there are lots of ways to do that. In fact, I'd like you to make a list of at least 10, but I would like you to figure out, because you will add about 25% to your total return. I'm talking about the money you get in retirement to live on and the money you leave to others. Every half a percent is worth approximately another 25%. That is a powerful thing right there. That is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on. Come on. (laughs) I love it. Paul, thank you so much for coming back on. Great to be with you. Yeah, where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, if you go to paulmerriman.com, M-E-R-R-I-M-A-N, you can read 600 articles or, or podcasts or videos and uh, portfolios at Vanguard and Fidelity. Almost everything is free, and I have a new book coming out in about two or three months. It will be free if you are on our mailing list at the time it comes out. It's about... million decisions that every investor should make. That might, by the way, be 12 ways to get an extra half of 1%. Nice. I love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Paul your appreciation. Share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to paulmerriman.com. That's P-A-U-L-M-E-R-R-I-M-A-N.com. Sign up for the uh, just get signed up for the uh, the email list, and then get the, get the get, if I could talk, that would be easier. Get the copy <laughs> of his new book coming out in a couple of months. Thank you again, Paul. Thank you, George. Good luck to all of you. 
And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.